You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. We are in the middle of our, actually almost the end of our series on Truth Be Told, a series on the parables. We are talking about parables. Everybody say parables. And a parable is actually a story that Jesus uses that has earthly meanings. And uh, there are about, I think about 37 parables in the four synoptic gospels. And we did not have to take everything. We only had eight weeks to talk about eight uh, parables. So the first one we talked about was the sower. And then we talked about the mustard seed and the yeast. So I'm just giving a quick recap. And then the uh, third week we talked about the prodigal son. Or the lost son, then the good Samaritan, then the vineyard workers. And last week we talked about the parable of the ten minas. Just in case you missed out on some of the preachings, uh, we have some podcasts that you can actually download. So you can go and get the free app, uh, Victory Alabang app in your iPhone or in Google Play. Okay, Or I think uh, victoryalabang.org as well. So today we're going to be focusing on the parable of the rich fool. Now, maybe some of you, before you check out, Pastor, hindi naman ako rich eh. Okay, so hindi para sa akin tong parable. But before we do that, I believe all of us are rich. Look at the person beside you and tell that person, you are rich. Sabi mo, mayaman ka? Alright, all of us, I believe, we're wealthy. Of course, we know that wealth is relative, right? The more wealthy you are, the more relatives you have. Ganun yun eh, no? But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about us being rich. Now, let me just take a quick survey and I want everyone to participate, okay? Who among you here have a home that you go to and you sleep in whether rented or owned? Please raise your hand. You don't, you don't live in the streets. Look around you. Lahat tayo. Right? Okay, now put down your hand. How many of you have at least another set of clothes that you have aside from the clothes that you're wearing today? May pampalit ka bukas. Hindi side A, side B. Okay? Lift up, lift up your hand. Okay, raise up your hand. You have at least two sets of clothes. Okay, put down your hands. How many of you have at least one pair of shoe? Whether shoe, sandal, uh, Spartan, or whatever, okay? Or, or uh, whatever, okay? Lift up your hand. You don't walk around barefoot. May ba nakaapak dito? Sarap mag-apak, pastor. Carpet eh. Okay. I'm talking about that. Okay. Lift up your hand right now. Now, how many of you here, when you go to work or your school, you have a mode of transportation? Whether bicycle or tricycle or, uh, or bus or Uber or Grab or your own car or whatever, scooter, skateboard or whatever. You have some sort of wheels. Please raise your hand. You don't walk to school. You don't walk to work. All right. Now, how many of you eat at least three times a day? Some of you eat six times. Okay. Tatlo lang. Please raise your hand. You know, that's all of us. And if you have raised your hand in all those questions, guess what? You are richer than 80% of all the people on this planet. You are rich. Amen. Come on. Give the Lord praise for that. You and I are blessed. You are blessed. Many times, nauna tayo mag-complain before counting our blessings. 
right? You know, me and my wife have just discovered a new uh, Christmas CD. It's actually an old Christmas uh, Christmas album by Christopher Cross. And one of the songs there is Counter Blessing, okay? Counter Blessing instead of sheep. And sometimes at night, we worry too much. And what we count is utang natin, problema natin. How many of you, instead of doing that, should learn how to count your blessing? It will give you a better sleep at night. Amen. Because you and I have been blessed by God so much that many times we just forget. I'm blessed pala ako. I'm blessed I have friends. I'm blessed I am alive. I am blessed I woke up this morning. Pakicheck mo nga yung katabi mo, baka hindi na humihinga. You know, you know we are blessed, amen, that we are alive. And so, this particular parable is for all of us. It's not just for people who have a certain zip code and they live in Alabang Village. Ayala, Alabang Village. Mas na sa Ayala, Alabang, Gilead ka lang, okay? Sa Gilead ka na lang, sa Gilead lang, okay? Kasama ka pa rin dito. You are rich. And so, we're gonna be looking at the parable of the rich fool. Iba yung rich, iba yung rich fool. Look at the person beside you and ask him, ano karon, okay? Uh, hopefully, dun tayo sa mayaman. So, let's look at Luke chapter 12, verse 13 to 21. You probably noticed that most of the parables that we've been reading are from the book of Luke. Okay? There's just one parable that we read from Matthew, but most of them are from Luke. Now, Luke chapter 12, beginning in verse 13. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, Tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man who made me a judge or arbitrator over you. And he said to them, Take care. Everybody say, Take care. Take care. Person beside you, tell that person, Take care. Okay. He said, Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them a parable saying, The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul... You have ample goods laid up for your for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Let's pray. Father, we ask that you would bless the preaching of your word. Holy Spirit, we invite you to be our guide and our teacher. We thank you that you will eliminate the word this afternoon. Speak to us and we open up our hearts to receive from what, from what you have to say to us, Lord. I pray that you would change us from the inside out and conform us more into the image of your son, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. May your anointing be upon the preaching of your word tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may all be seated. What an interesting uh, parable. And this particular parable was actually in the middle of the Sermon of Jesus. We, we read from verse 13 of Luke chapter 12. And if you will go back to verse 1, you'll notice that Jesus was in the middle of His preaching, His sermon. In verse 1, it says, In the meantime, everybody say, In the meantime, 
when so many thousands of the people had gathered together that they were trampling one another. Have you ever felt that way when you attend the five o'clock service sometimes? Now you try to, you know, box out. Sino ba unarito? Pagka naging 1,200 na, when they close the door, sometimes you get angry at the ushers. Don't get angry at the ushers, okay? They're just doing their job because they're obeying the ordinance. But anyway, so even back then, during the time of Jesus, people were trampling on one another because they want to get the first seat. They want to hear what the Lord had to say. They want to listen to the stories of Christ. Or maybe they want to be the first one served. They heard that Jesus many times have multiplied the bread and the fish, so they want to be first in line. But no matter what their motives were, they were there. And so Jesus was in the middle of the sermon, and he was talking about this. He said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. And so he was talking about, you know, God will unearth and uh, expose things that are hidden. And then he was talking about also things about uh, do not fear uh, those who can destroy your body but cannot uh, touch your soul. And he was talking about the time when, uh, you know, if you uh, confess me before, the, before men, the Son of God will acknowledge you before the Father in heaven. And so he was talking about that. And in the middle of his preaching, there's this man just blurted out. And this is the statement. We read that earlier. Teacher! Tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But out of the topic. You know, it's kind of like this, you know, I'm preaching today, you know, on this parable. And one of you would stand up, Pastor, can you tell my neighbor to shut up? Ang ingay niya sa paggapi. Ang lakas magpatunod ng bosses or something like that. You know, out of the blue. So this particular man was concerned about inheritance and money. And so Jesus did not really want to meddle in the affairs, but he went on to expose what was hidden in the heart of that man. And then Jesus said to him, Man, I don't know how he said this. Man, who made me judge or arbitrator over you? So he clearly, Jesus did not want to meddle. Now, if you're familiar with the Jewish law, the Jewish law would say that in terms of inheritance, uh, two-thirds of the inheritance would actually go to the older brother. So you've heard of that thing in the past. So that is a fact. Okay, Jewish law would say that when the patriarch would die, he would leave behind his inheritance and the eldest in the family would get two-thirds and the remaining one-third to be divided among the siblings. So it's quite obvious that this guy is one of the younger ones, if not the youngest, right? And so he was concerned, Lord Luge, you know, can you at least tell the Pharisees to change this Jewish law and tell them to at least be fair with the inheritance? I am my father's favorite son or whatever. He was he probably talking about that. But Jesus used that situation to reveal what was hidden in the heart of that man. It is so clear that that man wanted to change his situation. How many of us have come to God and telling the Lord, Lord, change my situation? Diba? We pray to the Lord, Lord, please change my job, you know, change my neighbor, I don't know, change my wife. Don't, don't pray that prayer, okay? You know, if you have a problem, sometimes you're saying, Lord, change my situation. Change this, change that, you know, you know, change them, you know, but you don't even see that you are the problem. Many times you talk about change externally and we're not willing to have a change of heart. 
And sometimes, how, how many of you know that sometimes, if you add it all up, you are the common denominator. Baka ikaw yung problema. Because everywhere you go, lagi may problema. So sabi mo, ang problema, yung boss ko. The problem is this guy. The problem is my friend. They abandoned me. They're not dis- they're disloyal. But in reality, check again. Who knows? You might be the problem. You might be the root of the problem. So, how often have we gone to God asking Him to change our situation rather than asking Him to change our heart? And how many of us need change of heart many times? You know, I'm raising up my hand as well. And there are situations in my life that I realize that God placed me in, not so that God can change the situation, but so that God can use the situation so that He can change me through that situation. Amen. And so, He went on to expose the heart of this man who was asking for mediation. And so, He used this parable. This parable of the rich man which God called a fool. Now, if you study closely this rich guy, it seems that there's nothing wrong with what he has done. In fact, this rich guy would be considered as one wise businessman in our standards. Siguro, if he was alive today, he'd probably be the chairman of the Philippine Chamber of Commerce or something like that. Because he's very successful. What he did was, you know, he made his investment grow. And if you are engaged in business, how many of you know that God had no problem, God has no problems blessing us? You know, by the way, this particular topic is not about against prosperity. I'm not talking about against wealth here. I believe God wants you blessed. Amen. Amen. Part of the promise of God in Deuteronomy 28 is we will be blessed. Everybody say, I am blessed because of what Jesus Christ did for us. Amen. And so the blessing of God comes through Christ and He has no problem blessing you. He has no problem with promotions. He has no problem with bigger business. He has no problem problem with you expanding your business. But this guy, somehow, we look at him and we ask, Lord, so what's wrong? Why did you call him a fool? Okay, And so this guy was able to increase his goods and investments. Remember the, the story we read? Last week, we talked about the parable of the ten minas. The servant was able to increase or multiply one mina into ten minas. And even the master said to him what? Well done, faithful servant. But yet, in this particular parable, why did God did not say that to this guy? And instead, he said, you fool. Have you, have you ever wondered, Lord, am I missing something here? Kakausap lang natin, you know, you were the one who shared about that parable, Lord. And why in all of a sudden, you're changing your mind? God is not changing His mind. Amen. God is not fickle-minded about this. But He is trying to expose something in the heart of this guy. Secondly, the businessman did not want any waste. Zero wasted siya. So in other words, if there's a big harvest, if the barn, current barns, is not able to accommodate the harvest, what he planned to do is he wants to tear down the current barns and he wants to build bigger warehouses. That's good stewardship. Right? Because there's no waste. Third, he saves up for the future. He's looking at, you know, I want to be secure for my retirement. How many of you have a savings? Please raise your hand. How many of you wish you have a savings? Please raise your hand. Yan. Wish na lang, okay? Wish na lang, okay? Because yung iba kasi, pag makuha yung sweldo, 
Wala na, di ba? It came to pass, di ba? Dumaan lang. So this guy saves up for the future. So what's wrong with all this? He's a good businessman. He was able to increase. He's not someone who is a bad steward. And he's one who's concerned about the future. The problem with him is he's got the right head, but he has the wrong heart. He may be competent in terms of business, but in terms of his heart, his heart is set towards money and wealth and possession. In fact, the rich man in the parable is so inward looking and is so concerned about his possessions that ultimately his possession possessed him. He has the possession as his masters now. I'm not sure if I shared this particular story before, but there's a story of this... um, American guy who was born in the New York mountains, Appalachian Mountains. His name was Roger. He hit it big, became successful. He had millions uh, in his business and he invested his millions in stocks. And in the two, uh, 1912 Great Depression, wherein all the stocks plummeted down, his investments also uh, went down with the others. It was a time when business owners or company owners were jumping off buildings to commit suicide because of the loss in possessions. And so this guy named Roger was in the middle of the San Francisco Golden Gate Bridge. So imagine with me, okay? And one of his friends saw him about to jump and he asked him, Hey Roger, what are you doing? And Roger t- told his friend, Leave me alone, I'm trying to think. There's something more important than money. I just forgot what it was. And many times, if we are so consumed about our wealth, we will forget that life is actually more important than riches. Amen. And so the whole point of this story is summed up in that particular verse. Life does not consist in the abundance of one's possession. And if you are rich, I'm not Speaking on you, I, I wish that all of us here would be blessed and would be rich. Amen. Because the whole goal in life is not to get wealthy. The whole goal in life is not just to be blessed. Amen. God has no problem being blessed. But I believe the real uh, measure of us being successful in the eyes of God is not if we are rich. But if we realize that this blessing has a purpose. God wants us to be blessed so that we can be a blessing to others. Amen. That is the reason why God wants you rich. Look at the person beside you and tell that person, God wants you rich. And then tell him, to be a blessing. Make a dugtong yon. You know, because sometimes people would come and say, Pastor, pray for me. Okay, what's your prayer? That God would make me successful. That God would make me rich. And we would ask, why do you want to be rich? Wala lang, so that I will be rich. Really? Is that it? Yes, pastor, I just want money and I want lots of them. I haven't heard of that particular person. But you know, sometimes that is somehow very revealing in our heart. Because we think that our prayer ought to stop there. If you want a promotion, my question is, what is that promotion for? If you want to be successful in your business, I'll pray for you. But my my next question is, what are you going to do with the money that you will have when you are finally successful? Wala lang, pastor. Gusto ka lang maraming pera sa banko. Really? Paano pag nawala ka? Eh di wala. 
it's kind of like the rich fool. In this man, God called fool because of three things that is found in his heart. Number one is there's greed. Everybody say greed. greed. You know, I have yet to hear someone who would come and confess, Pastor, pray for me because I am greedy. Wala pang lumalapit. But many times when you talk about greed, we see the greed in other people, but we don't see the greed in ourselves. Alam mo yung isa na ito, mat- matakaw yan, masiba yan, korap yan. Pero ikaw hindi mo makita yung sarili mo. Yan, buwaya yan. Ako, butiki lang ako. Something like that, okay? But how many of you realize that all of us have greed in our hearts? We are in different levels of greed. You isa, greed 1, greed 2, greed 3, up to greed 12. Ngay, di ba? Mali, mali, okay? But, but I think you get the point. All of us have this sense of, I want more. I want, I want more. I, I'm not satisfied with what I have. I'm not content. You know, we are now excited. Wow, gusto ko mag-pray ng bagong iPhone 7 or iPhone 8 or iPhone. Gusto ko iPhone 10 na, pastor. Sige, hintayin mo yung iPhone 10. You know, you have what you have and yet you're not satisfied because you want more. I want the latest car. I want the latest gadget. I want the latest shoe. Hindi ako sa happy sa pals ko, pastor. Bakit? Hindi Adidas NMD eh. Ano lang siya? Pure boost lang siya eh. Sana ultra boost man lang. You know, sometimes we, we value ourselves by what we have. And if we don't get what we want, we're depressed. What is that? Greed. Greed tree. Luke twelve fifteen. it says, He said to them, watch out. Everybody say, watch out. Watch out. In other words, be aware of this. Be on your guard against all kinds of what? Of greed. That's from the NIV. In the ESV we read earlier, all kinds of covetousness. To covet means to want what is not yours. That's why part of the Ten Commandments is do not covet your neighbor's goods and do not covet your neighbor's wife. In Tagalog, do not covet okay, your neighbor's wife. Because you like something that you do not own. And that is called greed. We're attached to this. We want something that does not belong to us. But pastor, you don't understand. I deserve it. I worked for it. Jesus is not yet done with this verse. He continued on in the second part of verse 15. And he said, A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Can we all read it again? One, two, three. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possession. You know, life is not about wealth. And sometimes when we say, when we achieve a certain status in life, wow, what a life. I've arrived. And we celebrate life for that because we are successful, because we have been promoted, because we have something more, because we have received our 13th month pay, because we have our bonus, because we have our 14th month pay, because we have our 15th month pay. Sana meron, no? But it's not about what we have. Life 
is not equal to the abundance of possessions. Amen. That is not life. This is not life. Life is not just hanging out in your yard and say, Wow, I have everything, right? And that's the nature of man. We can't get satisfied with things. I just can't get enough. That's why there was a song back in the 80s. I just can't get enough. I just can't get enough. We want something more. Because we think that our value is always determined by what we have. Our value is never determined by what you have. It's not determined by the watch you wear. It's not determined by the car that you drive. It's not determined by the brand of shirt that you have. Pastor, hindi ako Lacoste. Ano yung suot mo? Uh, uh, wala lang. Giordano or whatever, okay? Uh, Bacos or whatever, okay? Man's life does not consist in the abundance of one's possession. You're not defined by the bags that you have, ladies. Even if you have, don't have LV. And I know that LV for some people, wow, when you have an LV, lumang vag, I have arrived. Kasi galing sa mami mo, pinamana sa'yo. Investment daw yan. And some people would say, Pastor, when you talk about these things, you don't understand. This is fashion. This is investment, you know. If you have this, you've arrived. Hindi ako LV, Pastor. Chanel yata ako, Chanel. Anong Chanel ka? Chanel 9? Chanel 12? It's not about the brands. It's not about the abundance of one's possession. It's who we are in Christ, ultimately. That is your worth and that is your value. It's not about what do you have. It's about whose son or daughter are you. That is our worth. That determines your value and our worth. You may actually leave here today and say, Pastor, I don't have a job. It's okay. You're still a son or a daughter of God. And that might be a temporary situation. Tomorrow, who knows, God's going to open a door for you and God will open a door for you for a, for a new job. Amen. Things can be temporary. Don't let the, what the world dictates define us. Let's move on. Verse 16. And so this land of a rich man produced plentifully. He did not even acknowledge that it was God who produced it for him. He didn't acknowledge that it was the seed that God gave him, the soil that God prepared, the sun that God made that produced all these crops. But just he thought to himself, what shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this and I will tear down my barns and build larger ones and there I will store all my grain and my goods. Wow! Never have I seen in a few verse such a concentration of ice and me and mice. Ibang klase to. Talagang obvious. He lives for himself. The very words that he speak is I, me, mine. Do you know people like that? I know kids, many times growing up, we would correct our daughters. We would hear, that's mine, that's mine, no, that's mine, you know. Have you heard kids? 
saying that, that's mine, that, that's mine. But yet, when you go to work, many times you also hear the same thing. That's mine. That's my job. That's my boyfriend. Something like that, okay? Still about self. In Ecclesiastes chapter 10, 5, verse 10, it says, He who loves money will not be satisfied with money, nor he who loves wealth with his income. This too is vanity. This is meaningless in the NIV. When you love money, it seems like you never have money enough. Let me ask you this. How many of you love money? Don't raise your hand anymore. Pastor, I don't love money, but I sure like it a lot. Yeah, we know this. That the love of money is the root of all evil. But the question when you read this verse is, how much is enough? How much is enough? Because chances are you want something more. And when we are the prime of our life, we do the daily grind, we work. Sometimes we work more than 8 hours, 10 hours, 12 hours, even 14 hours a day. So that we can have a better pay, better compensation, greater promotion. And when you're asked, wow, what are you doing? When will you stop working that hard? Just a little bit more. Once I have in my account this certain amount of savings, let's say 50 million pesos, I will stop. Are you sure? Really? Pag naka 50 million ka, will you stop? What if you reach 50 million? Hmm, maybe 10 more million. Just a little bit more. Because that's human nature. Really, this is addressing the spirit of greed. And the spirit of greed is saying, I want more. That is a, con- you know, when, when you have a spirit of greed, sometimes the, the, the thing that comes out is, I want more. Pastor, I'm not greedy because I am poor. What about the spirit of poverty? What does the spirit of poverty say? I don't have enough. Guess what? The spirit of greed and the spirit of poverty are sometimes brothers because you can invert the statement. The spirit of greed can say, I don't have enough. And the spirit of poverty can say, I want more. It comes from the same pattern and the same spirit of greed. Money does not satisfy, but yet we want something more. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 10 says, For the love of what? Of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith. Nagbackslide because of money and pierce themselves with many griefs. What is the root of all kinds of evil? The love of money. You know where it all started? It all started from the Garden of Eden. Really, Pastor? Adam and Eve, there's no money there yet. There's no shekels, no denarius. There's no pesos there during that time. Yes, there's no money then, but the love of money is the root of covetousness and the root of greed. Remember, in the Garden, Eve saw the fruit and she wanted the fruit because she wanted to be like God. So what did Eve tell Adam? I have an apple. (laughs) And what did Adam say? I have a pen. Boom. No, forget that. It's not right. Okay, that's from the Bible. But that was like, it was downhill from there. 
Sin was committed. It was passed down from generation to generation to generation. And guess what? Even until today, this sin of covetousness, love for money, wanting more, is inherent inside every one of us. And I believe the best way to conquer greed is to be generous. Everybody say generous. You know, this missionary from Ecuador, by the name of Jim Elliott, said, He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. Something very profound, right? Think about that for a moment and let it sink deep. Can you give what you cannot really bring to the afterlife so that you can gain eternal life that you cannot lose anymore once Jesus gives it to you? In Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24, one man freely gives, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but yet he comes to poverty. The best way to conquer greed is through generosity. Amen. Second thing about this rich fool is he had a false sense of security. Everybody say false security. Because he tended to put his, put his trust more on his wealth rather than on God. In verse 19, he said, And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax. Everybody say relax. Eat. Drink. Be merry. How many of you know that there's nothing wrong with relaxing? Right? If you have a day off, you relax. No problem there. Eat. How many of you think there's no problem with eating? As long as you don't eat too much, right? Or drink or be merry. To be happy, to be joyful. But yet he was so hedonistic in a sense that he was all after his human pleasure instead of glorifying God. He put his trust more on the wealth rather than on God. And so God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? Kanina mo iwanan yan. The question for us this day is, are we ready to go anytime God takes us? How many of you are Christians? Please raise your hand. That's our hope. Amen. We should be ready anytime God takes us. But my question is, are we rich for ourselves or are we rich in God? We know we're going there. And we, hopefully, we realize that whatever we have, we cannot take with us. We'll all leave it behind. And so in verse 21, So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Are we rich toward God or are we rich only for ourselves? Unfortunately, the fool ran out of time even if he had a lot of things. He had stuff. He had investments. He had a great business. He had things in the natural, but yet he had nothing in the supernatural, in the spiritual. Deuteronomy 8, 17 to 19 says, You may say to yourself, My power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the ability to produce what? Wealth. And so confirms His covenant, which He swore to your forefathers, as it is today. It did not end there. 
verse 19 says, If you ever forget, look at the person beside you, tell that person, If you ever forget, this is going to be what's happening to you, okay? The Lord your God and follow other gods and worship and bow down to them. I testify against you today that you will what? Surely be destroyed. That exactly is what happened to the rich fool. Tonight, your soul will be demanded of you. Because he failed to acknowledge the one who gave him the ability to produce wealth. He was so consumed about the blessings that he forgot about the blesser. He forgot about the hand that gave him the blessing. Money can buy things. You all know this. But there are things that money cannot buy. Money is not the answer to all things. There are things that are priceless. Money can buy a bed, but it cannot buy sleep. Money can buy food, but it cannot buy appetite. Some people have food in front of them, but they cannot even eat. They cannot digest. Money can buy books, but it cannot buy intelligence. Look at the person beside you. Okay? You have hope. Okay. Money can buy you a dress, but it cannot buy beauty. Because you're all beautiful already. Come on now. It can buy you a house, but not a home. It can buy you a watch, but not time. It can buy you medicine, but never health. It can buy you amusement, but not joy. You can even buy a crucifix, but you can never buy a Savior because salvation is for free. The answer to the things that we have in this world is not money. We think that if only I have money, I'd be happy. Really? There are people who have a lot of money and they could not sleep at night. They're worried that they might lose the money that they have because their investment might fail, it might be a scam, it might turn sour. So instead of them sleeping well at night, they are awake. (laughs) And those who don't have money, sleep well at night. (laughs) There's nothing to lose. Come on now. What if you wake up and then you have something in the bank? Wow, it's a miracle. <laughs> and last attitude is about worry. Everybody say worry. worry. Or anxiety. Right after the parable, the next verse was Jesus telling his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry. That was the next verse after we've read the parable. Do not worry about what? About your life, what you will eat about your body, what you will wear. Life is more than food and body more than clothes. Now, how many of us, if you're going to be honest, sometimes you worry. Please raise your hand. You just worry. Wow. Lord, what if? You know how worry is? The question is, what if? What if hindi nga magustuhan? What if? What if I don't get this? What if I don't get promoted? What if I lose this? What if? It's all about what if. Worry is actually from the root word to strangle or to choke. That's exactly what happens to us. When we worry, you get choked. You can't do anything. You're paralyzed. That's what worry is all about. There's, you know, that's why a constant worrier never accomplishes anything. Because you're always about asking a question. You know, instead of you putting your trust in the Lord, you just worry. The top three things that people worry about are in that verse that you've read. 
One is, we worry about personal needs. We worry about what to drink. We worry about what to eat. We worry about our provision for our family. We worry about the tuition fee for our children. We worry about Stoche Buena, whatever. We worry about things. Next thing that we worry about is we worry about personal appearance. How we look. You know, you know, sometimes, you know, we are so... Mataas ang kilay ko. Parang Angry Bird yan. Okay? And so sometimes we think about, Lord, wow, am I, am I looking good? You know, am I too fat? Am I too thin? Yes, I am fat right now. Okay? But why am I too thin? Sometimes we worry about what people would say about us. What kind of bag you have? What clothes you wear? Guess what? We are all, this is the truth and the good news, okay? We are all growing in grace. But the reality is, we are also getting old. So, look at your face in the mirror and enjoy how you look today. Because tomorrow, you will be older. And it's downhill from there. <laughs> Let me just encourage you with that. Until the time that we have our glorified and resurrected body, which is a perfect body, okay, in eternity, in the meantime, let's be thankful about what we have. Lord, thank you for my bills. <laughs> bills. Bill, 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 Bill. Thank you for my wrinkles. Thank you for my gray hair. Thank you for my no hair. Thank you for whatever I have. Thank you for my, you know, the way I look. Don't even worry about how you look. God loves you just the way you are. Don't worry about the future, about uncertainties of tomorrow. Lord, I am so worried about the Philippines. Ano na ba kami? China na ba kami? Russia na ba kami? America na ba kami? Ano ba talaga kami? <laughs> Don't worry about that. God will take care of us. Amen? Amen. He's gonna take care of the nation. He's gonna take care of this church. He's gonna take care of your children. He's gonna take care of you. Your future is bright because you are in the Lord. Come on now. <laughs> Nothing to worry about. To worry is sin. The Bible says, whatever is not of faith is sin. If you worry, you're not in faith. Therefore, you and I are sinning. So quit worrying. Sabi mo sa katabi mo, do not worry. Sabi mo sa katabila, hakuna matata. It means no worries. Sambang Disney, okay? Worry is different from planning. When you plan, you think of solutions. When you worry, you think of consequences. Don't worry. They said that at the British Clinic, an examination of 500 patients confirmed that uh, one-third of the visual problems were caused by worrying. So, di ko alam kung nakasalamin ka, warrior ka, okay? Dr. Leonard Fosdick of Northwestern University has proven conclusively that worry restricts the flow of saliva. Sabi ito sa study, okay? Because natural mouth acids are not properly neutralized, tooth decay occurs. Pag may tooth decay ka raw, warrior ka. 
Nekulang ka lang sa dentista, okay? A survey of about 5,000 students in 21 different colleges confirms that the warriors are the ones that get the lowest grade. So pagka mababang grade mo, you'd rather worry than study. Okay, so instead of worrying, go and study. Let's move on. You know, in Luke chapter 12, verse 29 to 20, 31, it says, Do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried for all the nations. Everybody say, all the nations. All the nations, all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Yet, in verse 31, instead, seek His kingdom. In the first part, He did say, do not seek. See that? Verse 29, sinabi niya, do not seek. And in verse 31, sinabi niya, seek. So the question is, what should we not seek? And what should we seek? Sabi niya, do not seek. What the other people are seeking about eating and about food and about things that they worry about, but seek first the kingdom of God and all these things that they worry about will be added to you. Amen. That's how it goes. Know what to seek. Don't seek after stuff. Seek the kingdom and all the stuff will be seeking after you. Amen. That's the blessing of God. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And if I ask a question for us this afternoon as we end, where is your heart? Where's our heart this afternoon? This verse basically tells us where it is. Where do you put your treasure? Where your treasure is, there your heart will be. If your treasure is found in the things that you own, that's where your heart is. If your treasure is in your car, guess what? Your heart will be with your car. Gabing gabi na, naglilinis ka pa ng kotse. Nililinis mo pa yung tire block. Binatire block mo pa yan. Nagwo-worship ka sa gabi. That's where your heart, because that's your treasure. But if your treasure is in the kingdom of God, then your heart is there. You know, I heard of this story of an old lady, about 85 years old, I think, who's a member of our church. And the full family is a member of our church, not here, but in one of the congregations in Metro Manila. And she told the son one time to bring her to the bank. bank. Why ma? I want to withdraw money. In fact, I want to withdraw all my money. But the, the son said, I have money. I can buy you what you need. What do you need? I'll buy you whatever you need. No. She insisted, bring me to the bank and I want to get my money. So the son brought her to the bank. She doesn't have much, about close to 100000 I, I think. And so the older lady said, I want you to give this entire money to the building project of Victory. Because I want to invest in the future generation of leaders of this nation. Guess what? Several weeks after she gave that money, she passed away. She did not even see how that building looks like. But it is clear where her heart really is bent. Amen. Where her treasure is, there her heart will also be. It is so clear that her heart is for the kingdom of God. It is so clear that she is not concerned about what she would eat, what she would wear, about the future, because she knows that our Heavenly Father will take care of her. Amen. And that should be our attitude.
Because the riches of this world has nothing to offer compared to the riches of our God. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 to 19, I'm about to close. Paul wrote to Timothy, and he said, Command those who are rich, and that's all of us, right? We established that beginning of this service, that you and I are rich compared to the other people in the world. And he said, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be what? Be generous and willing to share. He did not end there. He talked about the future. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Amen. That is the promise of God for us. The promise of life abundant is in heaven. Amen. Come on, give the Lord praise for that. Jesus said, life does not consist in the abundance of one's possession. And then he proceeded, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am life. I am the Zoe kind of life that you're looking for. Many people get distracted and they think that money and stuff and possession, that's life. No, that's not life. That's temporary. And if we would just set that aside and say, God, clear my vision and help me to see what is real life. The true life that I want, the Zoe kind of life, which is only found in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Can we just bow our heads right now as we close? Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you so much for your Holy Spirit that is here tonight. And Lord, I thank you that you are putting a finger in our hearts even today, Lord. And, and you're checking us and you're reminding us indeed that life is not about just having possession and wealth. But it's really about celebrating the fact that Jesus Christ came to give us life and life that is more abundant. And so, Lord, even today, we continue to set aside these things. And, Lord, first of all, we want to repent if there's anything in our hearts, if there's any greed, if a false sense of security, Lord God, or worry that is eating us up. Lord, we repent right now and we ask your forgiveness and i thank you lord god that you will give us a change of heart thank you lord that lord we will have a better perspective of eternity lord in jesus name